Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the March 21st episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. And today we'll be looking at numbers 577 to 582 of the, of the Catechism. 1. Jesus and the Law. Paragraph 577. At the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus issued a solemn warning in which he presented God's law given on Sinai during the first covenant in light of the grace of the new covenant. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 578. Jesus, Israel's Messiah, and therefore the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, was to fulfil the law by keeping it in its all-embracing detail, according to his own words, down to the least of the commandments. He is, in fact, the only one who could keep it perfectly. On their own admission, the Jews were never able to observe the law in its entirety without it violating the least of its precepts. That is why, every year on the Day of Atonement, the children of Israel ask God's forgiveness for their transgressions of the law. The law indeed makes up one inseparable whole. And St. James recalls, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. 579. This principle of integral observation of the law, not only in letter but in spirit, was dear to the Pharisees. By giving Israel this principle, they had led many Jews of Jesus' time to an extreme religious zeal. This zeal, were it not to lapse into hip- hypocritical casuistry, could only prepare the people for the unprecedented intervention of God through the perfect fulfilment of the law by the only righteous one in place of all sinners. 580. The perfect fulfilment of the law could be the work of none but the divine legislator, born to the law in the person of the Son. In Jesus the law no longer appears engraved on the tablets of stone, but upon the heart of the servant, who becomes a covenant to the people, because he will faithfully bring forth justice. Jesus fulfills the law to the point of taking upon himself the curse of the law, incurred by those who do not abide by the things written in the book of the law and do them. For his death took place to redeem them from the transgressions under the first covenant. 581. The Jewish people and their spiritual leaders viewed Jesus as a rabbi. He often argued within the framework of rabbinical interpretation of the law. Yet Jesus could not help but offend the teachers of the law. For he was not content to propose his interpretation alongside theirs, but taught people as one who had authority and not as their scribes. In Jesus, the same word of God that had resounded on Mount Sinai, gave the written law to Moses, made itself heard anew on the Mount of the Beatitudes. Jesus did not abolish the law, but fulfilled it by giving its ultimate interpretation in a divine way. You have heard that it was said to the men of old, 
But I say to you. With the same divine authority, he disavowed certain human traditions of the Pharisees that were making void the word of God. 582. Going even further, Jesus perfects the dietary law, so important in Jewish daily life, by revealing its pedagogical meaning through a divine interpretation. Whatever goes into man from the outside cannot defile him. Thus he declared all foods clean. What comes out of a man is what defiles a man. For from within, of within, out of the heart of man, comes evil thoughts. In presenting with divine authority the definitive interpretation of the law, Jesus found himself confronted by certain teachers of the law who did not accept his interpretation of the law, guaranteed though it was by the divine signs that accompanied it. This was the case especially with the Sabbath laws, for he often recalls with rabbinical arguments that the Sabbath rest is not violated by serving God and neighbours, which his own healings did. Okay, very good. So we have this section again um, speaking about Jesus' relationship to the law, that the Jewish religion was... Um, a, a very legalistic religion, a, a religion very much based on the law, that the Old Testament, um, the Jews often called the uh, beginning of the Old Testament the Torah, which means simply means the law, that the first five books are the, are known as the law, and that um, they have uh, an idea of religion that's very much uh, bound into fulfilling laws, and uh, again, most of the laws are very good. I mean, all the laws in the Bible are fantastic. And there's nothing wrong with them. However, part of the reason for the law, and this uh, we'll see later in St. Paul, part of the reason of the law was to show us that we couldn't fulfill it, to prove to us our incapacity, because Jesus is the only one who can fulfill the law. And yet the Pharisees in his time were patting themselves on the back and pretending, many of them, that they had managed to complete all of the law. And this is what we're warned against, that very much Christianity is warning people to beware of this attitude, not to uh, not to pretend to complete everything, but to see that only in, in, in God can we fulfill the law. Only in him is the law fulfilled. And this is the role of Jesus, is to fulfill the law. He is the new lawgiver, but he's also the one that totally fulfills the law of Moses. In his own flesh, he has fulfilled it more than any other person, that every other person that ever tried uh, failed, but with Jesus is the uh, the only one that's able to, to totally fulfill this law, except, of course, the Virgin Mary, who, through the grace of Christ, was able to fulfill the law. But Christ of himself is able to fulfill the law. And so we have this important clarification in the Catechism of this relationship between Jesus and the law. There is not a relationship of slavery, is not a relationship of everything being difficult and indeed impossible, but as a relationship of love. This relationship that we need to find with Jesus Christ that will allow us to rest in his love and allow us to be transformed by that love so that we can do the impossible, even to the extent of fulfilling the will of God. So very well, we'll continue tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll be looking at numbers 583 to 586 of the Catechism. God bless.